Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, this is Rabbi Ethan Linden. I am in New Orleans, and today we are learning Psachim Daf Mem Hey, Psachim 45. And uh, I want to focus on a conversation that uh, happens, uh, that comes out of the Mishnah that is on 45 Aleph, the Mishnah says that if there's dough in a kneading trough, then you need to remove the dough if there is at least an olive's worth, a kazayit of dough, you need to remove that dough on, uh, on Pesach, and if you don't have that amount, if you don't have the kazayit, then uh, it's it's batel, it's nullified by the fact that it's being very small, and that's a, a general rule that if something's very small, it can be it can be nullified. And before Pesach, that rule holds. So if you uh, have a kneading trough that you're using and there's a tiny tiny amount of dough, you don't have to worry about it according to the Mishnah. But then the Gemara uh, gets into a conversation about well maybe it's not just the size of the amount of dough. That is, it's not just about how much dough there is, but where the dough actually is. And uh, what we have is two braytot that are taught, and the, and the Gemara actually says, Tanya Kilishana Kama, Tanya Kilishana Batra. There are two versions. There, It is taught in an earlier version, it is taught in a later version, says the Gemara, and these two versions of the Brita add a, a bit of a comment on the Mishnah's discussion of dough in the kneading trough. So the first version of the Brita, Tanya Kalishana Kama, that is the, the first, the earlier version, is that if the dough is in a place where uh, it, it, it seeps into the cracks of the kneading trough. And by doing that, it actually serves to reinforce the trough. That is, it, it serves to actually benefit the trough. The dry dough actually makes the trough better. Then, uh, according to this version, you actually don't have to remove the, uh, the dough because it is now considered no longer dough but in fact a part of the the utensil and therefore not liable for removal on Pesach. And by the way this also has a uh, a uh, an effect when it comes to the question of um, making a, a, a vessel clean or unclean which we're going to leave aside for today. Uh, and then the the Baraita goes on to say, now when do we say this? When do we say that if it's in the cracks, if the dough's in the cracks, you do not have to worry about it? And it says, um, according to this first version, that that's true even if there's more than a kazite, even if there's more than an olive's worth of dough, and it's in a place where it's dried 
doughness has become part of the trough, part of the utensil. Even if there's more than an olive's worth, you actually don't have to worry about it for Pesach, which sounds like a loosening somewhat of the Mishnah's rules. And then the, the Brita goes on to say that if there's less than an olive, no matter where it is, you don't need to worry about it. If it's small, if it's a small enough amount, it doesn't matter where it is in the kneading trough, you don't have to remove it on Pesach. And then there's a second version of the Brites. They say um, in, the, in the Gemara, they say um, that uh, there is Tanya Kalishana Batra. Now, the, this, this second version of the Brites says something very different. Again, it says that dough that's in the cracks of the kneading trough, where it, where it reinforces the trough, where it makes the, the vessel better, um, you don't have to remove it. But then it goes on to say, when or when do we say that? Only if there's less than an olive's worth of dough. If there's less than an olive's worth of dough, and it's in a place where it reinforces the uh, the trough, the, the vessel, then you don't have to remove it. But the Baraita, this version goes on to say, if there's more than an olive's worth of dough, no matter where it is, even if it's, in, it's drying, it actually, again, helps reinforce this trough. It helps make the vessel better. If there's more than an olive's worth, you still have to remove it. Now, this version sounds a lot closer to what the Mishnah was saying because the Mishnah there on, on our duff doesn't seem to make a distinction between uh, where the crack is, it's it's just about, that is, where the dough in the crack is, it's just about the size of the amount, the amount of dough. And so what you have is two versions um, of this, of this teaching, one of which is a little more lenient, the first version, which seems to allow for a larger amount of dough, provided that its placement on the trough is somehow uh, helpful to the to the to the kli to the vessel, but the the later version, the batar, the later version of the of the Baraita, uh, is is more stringent. It basically says um, that um, no matter where the thing is, if you have an olive worth or more of of dough, then you have no choice but to remove it. And then uh, and then we have this very interesting thing. Amar Rav Huna. Rav Huna comes and says, Samei kilta mikame chamirta. Rav Huna comes in and says, we should, we should remove, we should get rid of the, uh, the earlier version, that is the, the more lenient version of this uh, Braita in, in favor of the, uh, the, the, the harder one, uh, the more stringent one. We should literally, we should erase the earlier one in favor of the more stringent one, which comes second, which is an interesting impulse for Rav Huna, saying, well, if we have two bright toad, which he is assuming come from the same source, and that one of them must be wrong. That's the assumption, that one of them must be wrong, and the earlier one, the more um, tolerant one, the less stringent one must be wrong. And then we get a really fascinating retort from Rav Yosef. Amar, uh, Rav Yosef Amar, 
He says, Rav Yosef says to him, Tanae shekalt me alma. Aren't you, by doing that, aren't you by, by erasing one of these positions in favor of the other one, aren't you sort of removing a Tana, a Tanaitic position from the world? Aren't you saying, well, there's really only one position when in fact we have two? Because what Rav Yosef wants to argue is that this is a, uh, what, what the Gemara calls a Tanaehi. This is a Tanaitic dispute, in fact. In fact, Rav Huna's assumption that one of the Breitot must be wrong, and therefore we should forget it, get rid of it, replace it with the correct version, is, according to Rav Yosef, itself a very problematic position to have. Because, in fact, what we have here is a Tanaitic dispute. Two positions. Not one. But two, not that one is wrong, incorrectly stated, and the other is correctly stated, but that we in fact have a Tanaitic dispute on our hands, and we can't simply throw one out because we like the other one. And I think this is a powerful statement about the way the rabbinic literature develops. It would have been very easy to remove all of the easy positions, which is what Rav Huna's impulse is, to assume that if we have two anonymous sources that disagree with each other about the same issue, that one of them must be wrong and one of them must be right. And in Rav Huna's world, perhaps the right one is the more stringent. But much more difficult to assume that what we have here is in fact a real dispute about what the Mishnah is teaching us, and that what we need to do is not remove one in favor of the other, but work through the dispute that they have and assume as our base assumption, not that one of them is right and one of them is wrong, but that both of them are legitimate and require our attention. Thanks very much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.